Hi, I'm Chris Barker. And I'm Will Betts, and this is a very special edition of the Music Tech My Forever Studio podcast, coming to you from Guitar.com Live. In this podcast, we speak with producers, DJs, audio engineers, and industry figureheads about their fantasy forever studio. And just like every other episode, this studio will have to be imagined within our semi-strict rules, and importantly, our guests will have to live with it forever. But what are these rules? Well, our guests can select a computer, a DAW, and an audio interface first, then they can only choose six other bits of studio kit plus one luxury item. Quick question, Chris. What if somebody thinks they've found a loophole in our foolproof system and tries to pick a selection of plugins, say, as a single item? No bundles! No bundles. Speaking out his forever studio this week is rock production genius Ramesh Dodengoda. Having made records with Motorhead, Funeral for a Friend, Bring Me the Horizon and Twin Atlantic, he knows a thing or two about capturing impactful guitars and sculpting the perfect tone in the studio. That's right, Romesh's long-wave studio in Cardiff is absolutely jam-packed with guitars, amp heads, mics and virtually every conceivable bit of studio hardware. So he might have a tough time slimming down his rig to just six items. So, with a heavy nod to the world of guitar recording, let's discover Romesh's Forever Studio. Welcome, Romesh. Welcome Hello. to the My Forever Studio Hi. podcast. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys doing? Very well, very yeah, well. We are good. We are good. Remotely remotely doing our thing. Yeah. But yeah. So you heard the rules there. I mean, does it sound like a scary prospect? I mean, look at look at all that kit behind you. What what stacks of gear? Imagine how we're gonna slim that down to just six items. I've I've got to pick six, have I? <laughs> Yes, yep, that's so, it. That's, that's a conceit. As, as you heard yeah. in the rules there, we we give you three free ones to start with. So um but before we get to the sort of the the free items, um, let's talk about the vibe of the studio. I mean, we can see the studio, your studio behind you. I mean, uh, studios come in different shapes and sizes and forms and vibes and, and and decor. I mean, what 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 what's your vibe? And if you could have a studio anywhere in the world, where would it be? Um, I mean, I guess when I built this place, it was just for me. So. Um, for like everything that I want to use is all set up. Um, I don't have to worry about having it set for you know anyone else coming in really. Um, so I just want you know I wanted I wanted to build somewhere which had a vibe where like it had lots of amps, it had lots of drums, and the whole the whole idea being that you know as a band when you come here you don't you're not stuck with the gear that you've got. You can try different things. So like. I I love the fact like when we you know do guitar recording it's like if one amp's not working it's just like oh we'll just try try another one so um so yeah I mean that's kind of the the vibe of of this place really um in terms of if I could build a studio anywhere um, yeah, the, the fantasy the fantasy forever studio let's let's so we're building the studio now and where's it going to be uh probably LA because I love the weather there okay okay yeah. What what part of LA? I mean, we're we talking Hollywood Hills Mansion, or we're we talking grimy down downtown basement, or it's got it's got it's got to be somewhere f- fancy, I think. Um. <laughs> are we talking? Oh, this uh, has got to be like in the middle of the in the middle of the Hollywood Hills. I'm thinking. I'm picturing you sort of overlooking the whole of Los Angeles with the haze. You've got like an underpinned nineteen a mid mid century sort of modernist place with a couple of swimming pools. Is what I'm thinking. Is, Similar, nice. similar vibes. Oh yeah, that 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 would be fine. Will's our resident uh, re- realtor. He's our resident <laughs> realtor. Just giving you the sell there. Did you see that? Like yeah. sold you, sold you that dream straight away. I'd, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and what about what about shapes and sizes? Because obviously you re- you're recording guitars um, and you know live bands and, and such. I mean, ha- what, what's what's the importance of the live room in that situation? And what kind of live room do you like? I mean, how lively do you like it? 
So my my room my live room here is like a pretty decent size. I can I can put a band in together, um, and then we have like there's another um, room as well. So there's there's basically a live room, this control room, and then there's a second control room which doubles as another live. So I can isolate a, a singer or anything like that. Um, live rooms for me, especially in rock music, is like it's huge. It's because it's it's drums for me. For me, everything with rock music um, is based around that drum sound. And if you get for my my whole kind of idea is if you can get the drum sounding amazing, everything else just kind of falls on top really easily. Um, so yeah, I mean, like live rooms are really important to me for you know, especially for drum recording, just to capture the ambience. And so if um, if you could if you could steal a live room that you've that you know about in the world and put it in your dream la forever studio what 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 who what studio has the live room that you that you've worked in or that you've heard on records that you think that's perfect that, uh, that i think one. it's it's got to be rockfield nice um, okay. which is actually only 40 you know 45 minutes away from here but um that yeah their rooms are just magical there's just something about them i can't even work out what it is but um you just put the mics you know around and it you just pull the faders up and it's like wow that's you know it's incredible perfect so we we've got we've got a studio in LA with Rockfield's live live room jammed in it that sounds pretty good yeah. already that'd be perfect yeah and that's going to be uh, important for your sound then because you've got so few items that the room is going to have to be absolutely the sound that you're going to yeah. capture because unless you're going to get a several microphones as part of your six this is going to be a tricky <laughs> this can be a tricky thing but before we get there what about computer? We give you a free computer and DAW of your choice. What, what's it going to be, Mac or PC? Uh, I am definitely Team Mac um, because I don't. I just love the the OS. Um, I've had over the years. I used to be used to be on PC for ages. I had loads of problems. Um, so at least like the Mac thing, like it's a, it's it's made to a standard. So you know, less can go wrong. Um, in terms of DAW, I use Steinberg Nuenda. Interesting. Um, hmm. Which, which, uh, yeah, I've, I've used since like version, yeah, since the beginning, really. And why staying with Nuendo and not Cubase? Because they, they 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 overlap a lot more than they ever used to now. Um, yeah, um, I, I I think I've just stayed in that lane, really. Um, I like when I was starting out, I was on Cubase, you know, from. Uh, Cubase 5 and then I think it was SX um, I went through all that I even had it on, a, on an Atari yes um, nice yeah you could still do that if you want to if you want to go back to the <laughs> go back any desire um, <laughs> no no <laughs> um, but I like New Ender's just been rock solid for me and, and I think for me um, it's more important that I don't have to think about the DAW like when I'm working on a session I don't want to be thinking about oh, how do I do that like so like I know the keyboard shortcuts so you know so easily so it's just it's just basically one last thing for me to think about when I'm working and you're ma- mainly using it just for tracking right I, I mean do you do much MIDI and programming and like do you, do you dig in with it much or is it more of yeah, like a, a... I'm, I mainly I mean I, I do all my tracking and mixing in it but yeah I mean you know sometimes we'll we'll do some programming and stuff in it as well yeah okay and then your final sort of of the three free items we give you that don't come out of your six is uh audio interface uh okay this is a fantasy forever studio don't forget so no budget limitations what's i mean what do you have now and what what would you replace it with if you if you had no limits 
Um, well, I've got I've got two different setups because I've got there's two control rooms here. So, in Studio A, there is an Antelope Orion, uh, the thirty two, which is amazing because like I use that to travel a lot because I can take thirty two IO in one 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 new rack, and that's you know it's incredible. Um, so. Yeah, I mean that I I use that a lot. I love the sound of that. And then I've also got um a UA Apollo system as well. Um which is you know equally amazing. Popular choice um, Apollo on the podcast. Yeah, that that I mean just just cuz you can record through their plugins is like you know that's I I I do that on vocals all the time. But what's it going to be for the Forever Studio? Before you choose, do you ever use the uh the Unison plugins like the the real-time plugins for guitar processing. Do you ever record through those, or is it all because uh, you've got so many other not things? F- not for gu- not for guitars. No, um, mm. I tend to use a lot of analog um, outboard for guitars. I I use the um, Unison stuff though for like vocals sometimes. Um, I think they sound amazing, really good. So what's it going to be? It'll probably be the Antelope Orion because of the huge amount of I/O that I could fit in one one U and nice. And it's just one USB out. So, yeah, I'd probably say that. Okay, nice. All right. So now things get a bit more challenging. Um, but maybe, I mean, maybe before we move on to your first item, let's talk about, you know, all those guitar heads and stuff behind you. And that. I mean, how how do the virtual versions compare of like, I mean, do you, do you ever go down the, the plug-in route for guitars? I mean, I guess there's no point if you've got that gear right or... Well, I mean, I, I actually made one with um we have one with stl tones um it's my they do a a plugin called tone hub and i have a pack that's out for it which has like loads of my amps with all the you know the mics in the exact places that i like them um and that is scary how close that is um we were like when we were kind of um putting the sounds together for it and i was a being between the you know the real amp and and the 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 plug-in version it was like yeah it it was it was very very close um i still i still have you know all my heads because i prefer to still use them but you know for people who don't have like a huge collection of heads and stuff like i think software has just come an unbelievably long way from from where we used to be and i guess i mean it must be useful if you are traveling to other studios to have that those recreations of all your your favorite setups yeah. and your heads. You can take them with you as plugins, even if it's just for demoing stuff out. Yeah, totally. I mean, sometimes it's like oh, I just wish I had that one amp with me, and it's like I can just load my plugin now and and it's there. Yeah. Wicked. So that's been yeah, it's been incredible for that. Let's go on to item number one of your six now. So you've got an audio interface, you've got your DAW, and you've got a, a Mac. Okay. And you have nothing else apart from this awesome LA room and Rockfield's live room. <laughs> apart from that, you got apart nothing. from that, what <laughs> what's going to be what's going to be your first item? It's it's got to be monitors, surely, because I won't yeah. be able to hear anything yeah. otherwise. Yeah. I'm glad you spotted that. Sometimes people get to like item number three before they realise they can't hear anything. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, I, well, my monitors. Um. I use Yamaha NS10s. That has mm-hmm. been all I've used for, I don't know how many years. Um, that, that's a weak choice for a fantasy studio though, isn't it? You can't. <laughs> I, lo- I, I love them. <laughs> I love them. I would take those every day. Really? Um, 
Yeah, yeah. But but the the trick with the NS10 is everyone always thinks they sound really thin and like, but you've got to pair it with a subwoofer. Um, so I I use it with a Genelec uh, seventy three sixty sub, and those two together, it's killer because the Genelec gives all the low end that you miss out of the NS tens, and then the tens are just like a super fast sounding speaker where it exposes so many problems for me in like the high mids and like that system together is amazing. Yeah, that's the thing though. You're talking about a system here. I mean, you're going to need an amp. You're going to need NS10s. That's three items with a subwoofer. <laughs> Sounds surely like that, it. Surely no, you can give me no, that. No, 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 no. bundles! Come on. No, you're bundling. No, no bundling. Uh, no. no bundling. What amp are you using though, Flea? Have you got a Bryston on the NS10s or? Uh, I'm using a quad Okay. in one room Very and nice. i've got another pair of ns hands in the other studio and that is one of the old yamaha amps that i believe were kind of made for the ns tens oh wow time. okay um mm. not and easy they sound, to find no no um and yeah they sound they sound great with it okay so are you still choosing ns tens for your fantasy studio yeah but- yeah i'm going with it I'm, I'm sticking with my choice oh okay i think we'll give we'll give we'll give we'll give them an amp right we can, you can have an amp. I think that's kind of thrown in as part of the monitoring yeah, bundle. But you, can, you can't can have. I, can I have a Genelec subwoofer as well? No, you can't. No, that's a separate no. item. That's oh, a separate no. item. <laughs> <laughs> but you're still going to go for it. This is brave. You're going to go for the NS10s with an amp. I'm probably and no sub. I'm probably the only person who's going to pick NS10s on your show. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. you are actually. Yeah, yeah. Most people just, choose like sixty thousand pound focals, or yeah, they just go, "What's the most expensive speaker I can get?" But yeah, I think the, the the whole thing is is what speaker do you understand the most? So like, that's it for me. Like, I I get quite confused when I put on other monitors because I'm like, I don't know what I'm listening to, but like, yeah. I'm I just feel safe with the <laughs> with the ten. So yeah, fine, fine. And so with that, um, the clarity in the mid range and how revealing it is, and how I mean, a lot of people say they're super uninteresting speakers or they're kind of ugly to listen to but how important is that for you mixing rock music and understanding that that middle range it's it's like especially for rock music it's that's why it's such a great monitor for it because in rock music you've got so many guitars competing with you know where the vocals are and that monitor just reveals everything for you and and it's that old saying but it's true it's like if you get it sounding good on NS10s, it does translate really well. And I think that's the trick. It's like, um, yeah, they you know they don't sound nice to listen to, but the whole point is to get them to kind of sound good. And then, hmm. you know. This is quite a wide-scoping question because obviously the genuine answer is, well, it depends on the song. But, like, I mean, do you find when mixing and layering up guitars and, and you know, capturing guitars together, do you, do you find these kind of problem areas in the frequency range where you're having to carve stuff out a lot? I mean... Because like you say, especially, I guess it depends on the type of song, but I mean, any advice for people that are trying to stack and make that kind of thick sound without them all becoming mush and mud? Yeah, I mean, I would I would definitely be careful how much you filter out because you actually, the more you start doing those notches everywhere, you you just you just start removing good stuff. Like, you know, it, it, yes, it will sound horrible if you boost it 20 dB and find this resonant thing, but sometimes that's contributing to the... So, like, that's a tough one um, that you have to get right. I think, like, um, you don't always need as many guitars as you think. And it comes back to what I was saying about the drums. It's like, I always I always notice, um, especially on demos and things like that, where they, they can't 
get a, you know a great drum sound or something that they just pile on all these guitars to kind of cover it up but i think the more you focus on the the foundation bit the less you actually need because things naturally sound wider anyway then and i guess they they get given their own room by not competing so you can turn them up or thicken them up or yeah 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 um but you know i think um also like try and use kind of tones that complement each other so um sometimes you know you might you might have like a a heavy guitar part but you want some clarity so you could use like say you know like a heavy amp like a 50 on 50 or something but then use a marshal to kind of you know back down a bit and that will give you the clarity of the strings coming through and so it's, you know there's ways you can use layering you know to enhance the sound rather than just adding stuff that's not really adding up in the end um any interesting uh through your career of recording you know like we said in the intro some quite major names there um from working with others any interesting ways and methods of working from guitarists that have come through your studio that have surprised you that you know the way they get their tone or the way they they want to be recorded either from you know them working in other studios or trying something new i mean um i guess uh i mean when i was recording um bring me the horizon um like lee marley has got an amazing tone just in himself you know he's like you know whatever mike you put up he can he'll make it sound great. And I think, I mean, without getting technical about it, it's, yeah, it's his playing style. And it's like, you know, that, that is such a huge contributing factor to, you know, to any guitar sound really. It's uh, the most guitarists know what they want in the studio. You find what, when they come to you or, or is there, um, I think, I think most guitarists tend to be quite open in terms of what we should go for, for a record. I, I can't, I can't think of anyone that's ever forced, um, you know, like a certain right. um, type of amp or whatever. Um, we all, you know, especially because like there's so many heads here. Most of the time, most guitarists want to try things and go, mm. oh, I didn't even think about trying, you know, using that and that, that works. So I think in the studio, because, you know, you're not, you're not kind of displaying that amp out live. So, it, you know, it's like, let's just go with what works on, on the recording. Yeah. a bit. And um, when, if you said we don't want to get too technical, but, just uh, we're very happy to get technical if you want to get yeah. technical about whether it's playing styles or whether it's like uh just the nuts and bolts of the recording process like what are some of those um things you said don't want to get too technical what were you thinking where was your mind going at that moment when you were going to go down the rabbit hole <laughs> uh is this in relation to recording yeah uh, bring, bring the horizon or? yeah yeah um it was just to get like a really powerful representation of his sound and it was you know a lot of the songs had you know they had distinctive kind of sonic characters to them so it was matching the guitar tones up with with the rest of it um one thing that lee introduced me to which i now swear by is uh using a clon pedal mm. um and um like luckily in the studio that we were in they had an original one which, like, is crazy money right now. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you, I, on the, are you on the hunt for one? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not spending how much on one. But <laughs> I, I, I got. I got one. Um, I ended up buying uh, J Rocket make one called the Archer, and it's one of those pedals that I was like, 
why didn't I buy this years ago? It's like, it's just so, I don't even, I can't work out what it's doing, but it just makes the guitar sound clearer. And it doesn't change the tone of the amp. It's just, it's just like a clarity thing for me. Nice. Even um, though it's a, an overdrive distortion box, right? Yeah, but it, it doesn't, it's not like when you put a tube screamer in front of an amp and you get mm. this kind of frequency shift. Um, it doesn't tend to do that. It just kind of gives the amp a nice boost and, and uh, you know, you can hear the strings like way clearer as they ring. So um, I've, I pretty much always track with that pedal now. I think it's amazing. Nice. Well, is that going on the list? Is that going to be your yeah. number two item? Item number two. Let's move on and let's see. Let's see where you get to. So you've got your NS10s now. Item number two. Um, item number two. Uh, oof. Well, would it would it be preamps next? I guess wouldn't it? Well, it's it's up to you. It's up to you. I mean, um, I mean you don't. Do you, you mean you can have a desk if you want some pre? Oh, included. okay. You can have whatever um, you want. Uh, you've you've got six items, but they can okay. be anything. Just no bundles. No, no bundles. bundles. Okay. <laughs> um, desk wise, I mean, I love my Audion ASP, um, but my all time favorite is and like an SSL uh, G series. I love that desk. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've I've made a lot of records on on those consoles, and there's just something about the sounds on them. They just sound amazing the eqs are like um i don't know just everything about it is like rock and roll to me i i love those that's interesting as well because a lot of people would go might might well might go neve for the kind of harder edgier tones um but like you you love the ssl because the ssl is often branded as a more poppy version of a mixing desk i guess if you could be that Mm, if you could if you could you know what i mean though if you if you were gonna yeah i I guess so um but yeah, no, I still I still prefer the the SSL. I love I love the layout of the the G. Everything is in the right place for me, um, and it's just this it's just the sound of it. Like you know, you can um, every every part of it has a sound. Like you know, even going out through the um, the output matrix rather than direct, that has a different sound to it. Like so, there's um, the compressors on there are like incredible, um, and you know they they all you know every every ssl like kind of sounds a little different sometimes and kind of you know that's I like a good that. thing right yeah that is yeah 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 it's good, it's, yeah um but yeah like I, yeah definitely definitely love um love that so that that would be my console choice nice. and do you have a specific one is there one that you've used which you above all other ssls if they all sound different what's the one that you would have um oh you're allowed to steal one. from another studio I, I can see all, uh, the one the one at Metropolis Studio B is is yeah. one I, I really like. Um, that that room is also one of the best control rooms I've ever heard. It sounds incredible in there. Um, but yeah, that that one. Cool. I'll, let's I'll take, take it. Let's take it away from them. <laughs> yeah. Let's Sorry, Metropolis. It. Sorry, Metropolis. <laughs> Rockfield's lost their live room. Metropolis has lost their desk. <laughs> this is good. Let's let's decimate the industry. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Okay, so item number three is creeping up now. Uh, okay, item number three. Um, Are you going to have a guitar? You've got to have a guitar, right? Surely. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I guess it's rock music, so it's got to be something with humbuckers. Um, uh, Les Paul Custom, that's a good, solid guitar. Yeah. Um, 
Guitars are hard. You can't make me pick guitars. It's that's really hard. <laughs> yeah, well, well here we it's are. Your, it's your forever studio. It's your uh, six items. I mean, yeah, this is this is the nature of the podcast. I'm afraid. Okay, like we... I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Then I guess I'd go for a, a PRS because there are way more variations and tones on those. Okay. So that would that would keep me going because I could get a lot of different sounds out of those. Okay, I guess there's like a. It's I guess it's like what you were saying about the amp heads. There's a kind of like the guitars and the amps that you want to be seen with on stage, but the ones that actually do their job in the studio. And yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah. I guess there's a yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got there's probably a lot of bands that won't want to admit what amps and what <laughs> guitars they've used actually on the record. <laughs> Maybe for endorsement uh, reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I've I've got like a, a PRS Custom Twenty Four S Two, and that that takes me from lots of different tones. Um, it's yeah, it's solid and feels good to play. So I think that that would be my choice there then. Is it one of the ones behind you that we can see? Is it the? Uh, uh, it no, again, it's not no. actually. It's in it's in another rack over there. Another rack of guitars. Oh, <laughs> nice, <laughs> ludicrous. So um, tell us a bit more about the your uh, your own playing then, because you've gone for this PRS. What tell us about the way that? I mean, how did you get into this whole thing? You must love rock music from from the outset. I <laughs> it started off when I discovered Oasis. <laughs> who are my favorite band in the world um and but they just like they got me into music and like you know as most people do when they discover oasis is try and pick up the guitar and try and play those songs and guilty that's what yeah. Ha- yeah you know they're easy and, and you know they're easy to play songs and um that's what got me into it and then as i kind of developed that love for guitar it was I started to get into recording then, like recording myself. And then mm. it then became about, well, how do I get the guitar sounds in my head to come out the speakers? And that was kind of the the journey for me, if you like. Um, but I mean, I, I I don't get to play a lot anymore, really. Um, which, you know, I'm, I'm, I kind of hop on now and again if I need to, like if I've got an idea for a part that I want to show or um, sometimes if I'm even playing on a song, um, so you're not but, like yeah. Christopher Walken in Wayne's World, just going in there and ripping out the guitar solo, no. not sort of wading in. <laughs> it, w- it wouldn't be a good solo. <laughs> you obviously are quite comfortable with stepping back, but a lot of people are kind of like, oh, just give it to me. Let me let me play on the record. I think, yeah, I think you've, <laughs> so, got, you've got to balance it. Like, you know, obviously you've, you know, you want the artist to, to to be you know to sound the best they can there are there's often times where someone's just struggling with a part and you just know you can do it and as long as everyone's okay with it you know if 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 you need to then but but you know most of the time obviously it's more important to try and get the artist to to you know to get it to get it done so item number four item number four uh okay it will probably be well. I've got preamps now because I've got my SSL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'd probably take. Uh, I've got a pair of units called Roger Mayer four five six. They a pair, are. You say is that a bundle? Oh, is that? But I'll take one then. Fine. <laughs> oh, one. Brutal. I like. I, I like the brutal. So sometimes on the podcast when we do the bundle thing, people fight us, and you're just like, oh god, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, do, I'll I'll do everything in mono. <laughs> yes, back um, to mono. That yeah, but that unit is incredible. Um, 
a guy called Sean Gnocchi uh, showed me them uh, a long time ago. And because um, him and another producer friend of mine, Dave Oringa, they kept raving on about these units and their recordings sound incredible. And I was like, okay, what are you using them? And um, and then I got one um, and it's incredible. It's uh, It's basically a unit that simulates going on to tape um Mm. and it just does something killer like i i always put it on the end of my recording chain before i hit the ad converter um and i don't know what it's doing but it (laughs) when you turn them off it just doesn't sound as good um, I mean, are, are, do you do you actually buy them as a match pair because i think if if you're buying them as a match pair that's kind of not a bundle right you buy mics as match pairs Uh, oh, hang on. There's yeah. a stereo version. There is a oh. stereo one. Uh, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. I've got the 500 series ones, which you don't buy as a match pair, but I think you'd be stupid not to because once you get one, you, you will shortly mm. realize you need another one. Are we going to um, let it slide, Will? Are we going to let it... It feels... I've actually... I have found a stereo version, so we Okay, will I'll take it. that one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good, good. It is permitted. Ah. <laughs> oh. See, just because just because you didn't fight us, we we caved anyway. It was nice, like yeah. <laughs> so, item number five, we're racing to. Mm, uh, your microphone, aren't you, Ramesh? Microphone. Okay, um, it's the one I'm actually using now. Um, it will probably be the Jay Z V sixty seven. This is a mic that I discovered, um, maybe a year a year or so ago, mm-hmm. and. It is like it's just blown me away. Like um like in here there's there's a huge variety of microphones that I've got, you know, U forty seven, U eighty sevens, um like loads loads of stuff and this mic just has just beaten them all a lot of the time. Wow. Um, so um yeah, it's it's probably gonna be that. I I've it's very detailed. Um they did explain to me why and I've I don't understand. It's something to do with the way they make the capsule, but um, mm-hmm. it's like it's super clear. Um, I I don't have to EQ it very much at all with most singers, um, mm. and yeah, like I've I've been loving them, and they're, they're also great for overheads and like acoustic guitars and all sorts. So, and I guess if you've got that awesome Rockfield room, one mic, one mic oh, on yeah. the drum kit, you'll still get an amazing sound. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. but this does. It does limit your options slightly with recording. I mean, are you, you'd have to... Would you actually get everybody in the room and record the whole band on a single track? Or are you going to start... Are you going to do them at, at different points? Well, you, you're giving me a very limited choice with <laughs> six <laughs> options. So I'm going to have to be creative. Um, I, I, you know, yeah, put them all in the room and balance the sound out in the room and see what Make happens it, there. Like 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 the old, old, old yeah. recordings, right? Yeah. Yeah, Sun Studios. Just, I mean, yeah. would you actually do that? Would you do that ever? Have you ever done that? Or are you much more um, close micing everything? What's your approach there? I'm mainly, yeah. I mean, I think with the kind of um, the sound of the records I make, I guess, yeah, there, there's a lot of close mics going on. Um, mm. I'm not, um, I'm totally not afraid to not, though. Like, you know, there have, there have been times, um, you know, where we've just put room mics up, but most of the time yeah because especially with drums you know i want the closeness of the snare and the kick and all, and all that stuff so 
And um, do you find yourself doing much in terms of drum replacement or or like or overdubbing like putting amps in boxes and getting them to crazy volumes and stuff like that? I mean, do you go because you can because of the options now you can you can approach yeah. rock music recording in a kind of really really cut and paste way if you really wanted to. Yeah, um, for me the whole like the most important thing to me is to get the drums as close as possible at the source. That's hugely important. So like I'll, you know, whatever it takes EQ wise, I'll just, I'll want to get it into, you know, I want it to sound how, you know, how I want it to, but, um, you know, yeah, you know, definitely like, I mean, it's rock music, you, you know, sometimes I'll augment stuff with, um, a sample or something if I need to, especially if I need a bit more consistency, I'll take hits of the actual kit so I can use those. Um, so your drum replaced, but with the same drums as such. Just find a per- a perfect instance of that snare. Yeah, hit or like, I think yeah. I think the, the the idea though is only only if you need to really. Um, and I always try and make sure that if I'm doing that, then the real mics are like way in front, and you know I'm not doing a full replacement or anything. And what about things like recording to clicks and stuff? Because that can, I mean, just the entry point to a to studio recording for a lot of bands um, can be quite a different experience. You know, you can be a, a quite a tight band on stage and with your show and then not be able to deliver in the studio. I mean, you know, looking at, speaking of Oasis, for instance, and a lot of other mm. a, a lot of other bands who've got rid of drummers or replaced certain musicians because of the, the studio side of the experience. I mean, look, the Foo Fighters mm. and, you know... Yeah, I find I find that, I mean, I'm I usually use a click, but then it, but then we may not add. We may just use it as a guide, but we we won't like edit straight to it if the music doesn't need if it needs to breathe a bit more. Mm. Um, but I think you know there's definitely some players who struggle playing to the click, and that's probably where the psychology side of being a producer comes into play. And there are, there are ways to kind of. Um, well, I mean, I've certainly noticed, like, if, if a drummer can't play to, if I've got everyone set up in the room together and the drummer's, like, not able to keep up with the click, sometimes just recording the band as a guide and putting that in their headphones, so, you know, so everyone's not playing, but they're playing to the song and nothing else is kind of wavering, that, um, that seems to help. Uh, get the drummer to to, pl- to play a lot um, a lot closer to the click. So it's like a rough take. You just do like a one pass through yeah. as a rough, and then that's your guide for the others. Yeah, I've noticed if 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 everyone playing if if it's not working with everyone playing together, then you can do it that way, or or you just or you record them and you just map. You, you know, you, you get your DAW to map out a click according to how they're playing it. That's another option as well. And there's, I guess. Um... I mean, I've heard of techniques where it's quite often you might put the metronome on just, you know, like that kind of click, but double timing or half timing the, the metronome as well. Some people prefer. Yeah, like yeah, a- totally. And and also an- another cool trick is to um, use a loop or like a percussion loop or mm. and, and you, you can have the click, but then have a loop underneath, which is kind of giving a, you know, a groove or something. And that also helps yeah stops it fe- making it feel so like scientific yeah. and like yeah 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 so um but yeah that's that's another another thing like a shaker can be really helpful um 
I guess um, I was just thinking of like you know tips for people listening um, that maybe haven't been to the studio yet, but quite accomplished musicians or guitarists. It's kind of like these are good things for them to try before they go to the studio because it can. Yeah, I definitely think like especially with almost everyone having the capability of having some kind of recording program at home now. If you are going into the studio, it's totally worth just like opening up that recording program you've got and just practicing playing to the click before you you know before you go in because I think that I think the main thing for me when I'm working with an artist is if I can spend less time trying to get them to play the part correctly I can spend more time trying new things out and trying different amps and stuff if I'm spending all that time just to get them to play the bare part right that you know it's obviously yeah. eating up a lot of time so the more the mm. more the musician can do at home um the better you know the yeah more, the, the better use of time that you'll make so where are we now will was this item number we've got, five we've got one left we've had oh, five. Item, one item left number six item already six yeah uh, okay it's got to be a compressor of some sort i think um, okay, so you've got one in the g series though right i have i yeah. have yeah uh Oh, it's a tough one. I'm still. I think I'm still going to say, um, an eleven seventy six, a bl- a blue stripe, eleven seventy six. Very nice. Um, because that I I love that on vocals. Um, that's like, that's my kind of go to. I mean, there is a hack on this, isn't there, Will? We found the uh, isn't eleven seventy eight the stereo version. Oh, the stereo version. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. that was a. Uh, that was Drew uh, who came out that. Drew, Drew, that. Drew yeah. Bang, yes. Uh, okay. That was his selection. I didn't actually know about the 1178. You don't see them that often. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah is, I, I, what's the difference between the Blue Stripe one then? Um, it's just like... Um, so the, the Blue Stripe was the early, the, the early revision of it. Mm. Um, and I think just on vocals, it's it does something to the top end on you know the, the the high frequencies on a vocal that I can't get out of a blackface. Um I don't know, it just it sounds more in your face to me. Um and yeah, I think there's something with the high mids as well that it, it's it's it feels like it grabs them in a different way to to the to the blackface one. So I've always I've always like loved that compressor. So do you do you have that in your studio now, or is it have you just got? Yeah, the, I've yeah. I've got I've got one in Studio B, which I use all my vocals hit that on the way in, um, and then when I'm inside the DAW, I may even use um, UA make a great Blue Stripe plugin, um, and I may go even further with that again afterwards. Oh wow! Um, I'm I'm a big fan of of like with vocals like compressing on the way in because I feel that that gives the singer the sound of that compression. It's a more exciting sound and you get a better vocal performance out of them that way, I think, because they're hearing it sounding more exciting as they're singing it. So um, I tend to just, I always track with with compression in. And because you track, you track a lot of bands where the there's a lot more aggression in the vocals, shall we say. So it's there's a lot more sort of uh, screaming or uh, not singing. Is that... Does the eleven seventy six do anything in particular which is useful for that that style? Yeah, I think I think it's just like the distortion it brings in, and it just gives you a lot of aggression. Um, mm. I'm certainly not afraid for that needle to be 
slammed all the way sometimes like and on the way in it, yeah if it, sound, if it sounds good that's it's you know that i'm i'm cool with that um i mean i i wouldn't say that's you know i'm always doing that i'm usually kind of um i don't know like six to eight db but you know there are times like if it is doing that and like it sounds good when i'm listening to it then i'm i'll commit i'm i'm especially well with then with anything i'm recording i'm quite a big fan of just committing on the way in so like even when i'm micing up guitar amps and i've got multiple mics i will sum those to one channel and they will be recorded as one i will get the blend in the recording stage and then commit it down to one because i find i find otherwise that you never finish a project because you're always changing the blends in the you know later on Mm-hmm. And it becomes a nightmare to look at because for every guitar part, you've got like four channels and it's just like, I just want to see one guitar and that's the sound that, that you know, that we loved when recording. I always take a DI as well. So like if, if I have, you know, made a, a wrong choice, that's my kind of undo. I can go yeah. back and, mm. and send it through a different amp. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm, I'm more than happy to commit stuff because it makes the mix easier as well. You don't have to do mm. so much in the mix if you've kind of made those decisions in the recording stage. Yeah, for sure. And what about some of those? Uh, are there any times where you've done something slightly off kilter maybe and committed it and been like, uh-oh. I, I saw the other day you, you posted something to Instagram which was recording with the tiniest amp I've ever seen. Can you yeah. tell us what, what were you on about? What was, what was going on there? Uh, oh, that was... Um, so I'll use those sometimes to fill in like a, a specific frequency space. I mean, I think we were using it for like, they, we were going from a big section of the song and I wanted it to go really small. And there's nothing smaller than an amp that's this big. <laughs> um, what was the little yeah. amp though? What, what what was it like one of those little? It, it's a little Marshall, um, uh, I think it's an MS2. It's a micro stack okay. with a with a very expensive Coles ribbon mic on it. Um, but I've, I've done, I've, I've done that quite a bit. Like, um, they're really cool sometimes to like, if you, if you want the song to break down to a, you know, a really thin sound, like sometimes that's a, you know, a little fun thing to, to try out. Well, it kind of makes more sense in a way than, than taking a, a recording of a huge amp and EQing the life out of it to try and yeah, make yeah. it sound small. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of the equivalent of like, high passing you know the yeah. thing but but it sounds different because you're using a very small speaker that can't put out those low end frequencies anyway so um and they're also great sometimes just for like if there's a big riff or something and sometimes you just want a little nasty frequency just tucked in there somewhere and you know just just do a pass through that you have um one luxury item as well. Should we do the rundown first? Let's Chris? let's do let's do the rundown. Let's picture the scene well okay. for us, and uh, then we can see if there's any last minute changes to the to the final choices before we move on to the luxury item. Okay, we're in the Hollywood Hills in Los Angeles, overlooking the smog. The streets are empty. The birds are tweeting. You're looking out over your swimming pool, and then you look to your left. You have a, a nice big fat Mac. Probably the most expensive one, right, Ramesh? Like the 50 grand one? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. done. Uh, you have Nuendo that you're recording into via an Antelope Orion 32. And you're listening back through Yamaha NS10 monitors. 
you were mixing on an SSL G series stolen from Metropolis Studio B. <laughs> you were rocking out with your PRS Custom 24S2 guitar. With the Roger Mayer 456 stereo, you're getting the, the sound of tape before you actually hit your yeah. A to D. Yeah. Um, with the Jay-Z V67, you are recording. And for those incredible, uh, rich vocal sounds, you're using a Yuri 1176 Blue Stripe compressor. How does that sound? That sounds like heaven to me. And it's all inside Rockfield's yeah. live room. in the uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so luxury item. So luxury item isn't gear related. Um, something that maybe you've always taken to the studio with you or, you know, or something that you wish you had in the studio every day and you're like, oh, I can't believe we have to go out for this. But yeah, have a think about a luxury item that's that's not a piece of gear. What would you have in that's that? That's not same? a piece of gear. Yeah, uh, gear. Okay, well, uh, I just discovered AeroPress recently. Oh. The coffee. <laughs> and uh, like, yeah, that, I mean, that is incredible. I love, I love that. And, uh, and we have one in the studio as well and I have one at home. Um, so it's probably got to be that because everyone loves coffee in the studio right yeah yeah um so yeah i think it i think it'd have to be that i think the last four podcasts uh or quite a few of the last ones have all been coffee like there's something yeah mm. people are coffee mad in the studios but we've had you robot would... baristas so just an aeropress feels pretty feels pretty lightweight i think i think you've been you've been a good guy there you haven't asked for a, some kind of robot barista like some he's of got a fourteen thousand dollar compressor like it's fine <laughs> yeah yeah, that's true, yeah you can have like an aeropress i'm, I'm, I'm cool yeah, with that that's, that's fine yeah absolutely fine nice well that's that's the forever studio i mean uh, yeah i think you think you can work there i think you could work there it's pretty it sounds pretty good it'd be a struggle but i think i could uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. that's that, that sounds great to me yeah, I think our six-item studio not, isn't necessarily uh, the, the perfect experience for somebody uh, that has how many guitar heads I can see behind you now, like that uh, 10. <laughs> so what, what's coming up for you next? Um, uh, I mean, are, are you back recording in this current climate? Have you, are you managing to get bands in? Have you got stuff booked? Yeah, I'm, I'm mixing um, a US artist at the moment. Um, we're just coming to the end of, of mixing on that record. Um, I've been quite busy because... I run um, an audio community online called Control Room, um, so I've been quite busy with that because we, you know, we have like Q and A's with producers and stuff in there, and um, we do we do a lot of things. So that's kind of kept me um, kept me busy. But yeah, like um, obviously in these current times, um, I am uh, you know still have artists coming in here, but you know in a safe you know done done as safe as we can um but yeah i mean you know those those three things are kind of keeping me keep me busy okay well Excellent. i guess will all that's left to say is thank you so much for coming on the show thanks thank for having me no worries and uh hopefully i feel like it's a bit of a downer because you, you've ended up with less gear than you have now i mean for some people <laughs> that come on the podcast they they get to get items that they yeah I suppose you got the SSL. The SSL, I mean, that's... Uh, it's that's yeah, you can, that's... Do, you can do a lot with that. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Ramesh. Cheers. When things get back to normal, we'll come and see you in person. Definitely. Thanks for having me. 
Okay, thank you so much, Ramesh, for coming on the show. And thank you to our friends at guitar.com and to you, the listeners, for listening. It's been excellent fun. If you enjoyed this podcast, we've got heaps of fantastic people lined up, all of whom we will, of course, be coercing into building their fantasy forever studio within our strict but completely arbitrary guidelines. That's right, indeed. We've got loads of great guests from international superstar DJs like Claude Von Stroke and Mason to Grammy award-winning producers and engineers including Austin Jux Chandler, Riton and Alex Metric. We're back every Tuesday and next week we have dance music producer Ten Snake. So don't miss that. And also, subscribe, follow, share, tell your friends, send us fan mail. Yeah, send us fan mail. <laughs> That's fine. Will's, Will's not convinced <laughs> on the fan mail, but yeah. We'll be shouting no bundles and trying to upsell some dreams every Tuesday. So until next time... Goodbye.